Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Capital City. This is the Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in five, four, three, two, one. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV, great to be with you as always. Appreciate you joining us. I'm Jeff, that's Director Matthew. He's producing and directing, filling in for Tom Lang. Be back with us tomorrow as he ends his vacation. And away we go. On Twitter, it's at J Cameron Show. Later in the show... About an hour. Oh, excuse me. What am I talking about? About 20 minutes, not an hour. About 20 minutes from right now. Second segment, in fact, will be joined by senior recruiting analyst Michael Langston. Let's get caught up a little bit on recruiting, where we're at, Florida State. Uh, had a good few days there. Want to know what's ahead? What can we expect? What are some names that we're looking at intently? Good, bad, and everything in between when it comes to recruiting. Michael Langston at uh, 120-ish will go that route, get him on board, and get some clarity there. I know right now, um, you know things are things are looking up. If we use the sound clip, that's that's what we'd go with. Things are looking up right about now. Florida State uh, has some some other guys I think that are on the radar. Uh, one of them very significant. Uh, and 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 looks to be in good shape to get a yes, a verbal. It's the funniest thing whenever we get into recruiting. I don't know if if this is everybody, but I, I just ever ever since uh, the one fateful day, signing day, fateful signing day that it was, disastrous is another way of describing it. A couple years back, ever since then, you know, you're just kind of like, uh, well, what does it really mean? I mean, granted. You're much better off having 
a kid say that he uh, is verbally committed to you than not. I mean, it's a, certainly a good sign. And you do create a buzz and you do create momentum and you do get people believing in that, that you know, this is now a destination. You, you see it a lot when you have a guy who does a good job once he commits of recruiting others. You really want that affable, gregarious sort of, uh, uh, I, I think, sort of uh, kind of opinion maker within a class, you want a guy that kind of stirs the drink, the straw that stirs the drink, somebody that influences a lot of other kids. And Lord knows we know how easily we are all influenced when we were 16, 17, 18 years old. Hello, Troy Noel. Hello, Zyler and Lewis and uh, everybody else aboard here. Uh, Yeah, you and me both, Michael, by the way, so ready for the season. I said it yesterday when we started the show, man. This is as early as it's ever been for me in terms of waking up every day and thinking football, just thinking football. You know, I I mean, we kind of think football year-round in a weird way. As a country, sports fandom, we kind of think football year-round. If you look at the numbers, that is certainly proven true. When you look at the television numbers, you look at the ratings, uh, football drives everything. Nothing else is even close. It's football, and then you got it's a distant second, right? Everything else is distant. And as much as I love baseball, and I do, and I should say, by the way, Braves fans, it's not like it's been a tough road for you the last few years. It's been really good. But I don't know why, but you answer this question in the chat for me. Do you love this team more than the one from a couple years ago that won it all? Because I do. And I'm not a Braves fan. I like your team, man. That team is a joy to watch. They are awesome. I was looking, well, you know, yesterday I gave you the American League numbers. Does anybody remember? I go on a baseball tangent for a second. I know you do, Director Matthew. Who this guy bet on to win the MVP preseason? Do you remember the discussion where I said I'm going to throw a few shekels down on the MVP? Uh, Acuna, right? Yes, Ronald Acuna Jr. That's exactly who I voted for. And how would you put into perspective in the Braves who are 58 and 28? How would you put into perspective his 21 homer, 41 stolen base pre-All-Star game season in perspective? It's pretty hard to do. You know, by the way, just for giggles, he's in route and we love to do this on-pace thing. Everybody does. He's on pace for a 40-homer, 75-stolen base club. It's never been done. In the history of baseball, it has never been done. So we talk about unicorns when it comes to Otani, who is uh, incredible. And by the way, he Acuna is only behind Otani in OPS. So you look at these first-half numbers, he has 78 runs scored, which leads the majors. 28 of those runs have come in the first inning. And he also, you know, the Braves lead the league in on-base percentage. He's a massive reason why. And like I said, he is on pace to do something that nobody's ever done. You've heard me say on this show as a diehard baseball fan that I think if it's possible – Ricky Henderson is one of the most underrated players in baseball history, despite being a Hall of Famer. Like, you can make compelling arguments when you take Ricky Henderson's numbers in totality and the effect he had. Let's let's put a 10-year window. Let's give him, because he had a really long career. But there's about a 10-year window 
when you go and look at the game-by-game effects that Ricky Henderson had, right, just his presence in a top of lineup and getting on base, 100-plus stolen bases, that the speed-power combo, the, the way that he bothered pitchers and affected the next A-B. Now, that's one of those things that's hard to quantify unless you watch the games. Like, you're a diehard baseball fan. I know you watch the games. So you can see a guy have an effect on a game that will not show up statistically. It won't show up. It won't be measured by even the most advanced metric. Like now, it, back in the day, if you were an elite defender and you went and got it out in the outfield, they didn't have the measuring stick for defensive range. You know how how what was your range? What was your ability? How 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 many balls do you get to that other players cannot get to, or that nobody else gets to? Right? They didn't have a means to show that. So you would talk to old timers who saw Willie Mays or Roberto Clemente, and they would say, "Well, you had to have seen them. You just don't understand. Like if you watch them play, line drives into the gap that were going to be triples or doubles at the very least." Those two guys got to balls that nobody else could ever get to, and they made it look really easy. But because they didn't have the measure back then, the advanced metrics, to be able to tell you what that was specifically, you couldn't compare and contrast it to a modern-day player. You don't know. You don't know. Moving forward, you'll know. You'll be able to look and say, okay, his defensive zone metric is this compared to this player who came along 10 years later. We know that they were able to cover this amount of ground and this amount of time. They're, you know, they're using traditional numbers. Their fielding percentage is this. Then you add it up with their hitting and their stolen bases, and you can kind of evaluate exactly what they are as a player. When you do that with Ricky Henderson, there's like a 10-year run where that nobody came close to having the impact on the game that he did. And we've got players now in the modern game that's being played faster, is more enjoyable to watch than it has been in many years, and you're seeing that, by the way, reflective in attendance and overall television ratings. People are coming back to baseball in a way they haven't in years. But it's also because of guys, not just like Otani, but like Ronald Acuna Jr. That dude is no longer a rising star. He is a superstar, a superstar that is so fun to watch. If you're a Braves fan, man, you enjoy this, man. Enjoy this. It's insane watching how good they are. And how much fun it is. Now, back to recruiting, why we're having Michael Langston on. Uh, Again, I I wonder how many of you do the thing that I do, where you get excited about a player saying yes, you get excited about guys that are interested in the program, you get excited about what you hope is uh, obviously a hell of a signing class, but you don't get too excited about July. You don't get too excited about June and July. Because you know, because you know, it's going to be tough. Matt C. is again listening. Last day in Iceland. 58 degrees and sunny. Good for you. Enjoy Denmark as well. High in the 60s. It's going to be a lot of fun, right? I saw an article, in, and this is something that uh, goes along with our efforts to prep in the offseason in the deadest of times before you go to the ACC kickoff and camp gets started, which is now rapidly approaching less than a month, we think, certainly, until camp gets started. Uh, just a reminder of the shuffle in the ACC at quarterback. Pretty crazy, right? 
as you go through and look at the names of those and where they landed, heads up in case you forgot, Georgia Tech, you know who their starting quarterback is? Haynes King from Texas A&M. Remember him? Opened up as the starter at A&M in both the 21 and 22 season. Benched early in the year, had a shoulder injury as well. He's there at Georgia Tech, whatever. Louisville, Jack Plummer, you know him? He was the kid at Cal. Plummer threw for 3,400-plus yards in three seasons under Brahma Purdue, but ended up in a backup role behind Aiden O'Connell. Instead of being number two, he transferred to Cal, was the starter in 2022. He comes back to Brahm now at Louisville. That's the route they went. Jack Plummer, NC State. You know who the starting quarterback is at NC State? Well, that was the starting quarterback at Virginia, Brennan Armstrong, who threw for over 9,000 yards at Virginia. Bad offensive line in 22. Took an ass kicking. That with his first season with Tony Elliott as a head coach. Rather than return to Charlottesville for his final season, he said, let me take it on down the road. Not liking this. Not enjoying taking this ass kicking on a weekly basis. Tony, I don't think you're the answer, baby. I'm going to go over to NC State. And he reunites with his offensive coordinator, Robert and I. He was Virginia's OC during the time that he was at with the Cavaliers and then went to NC State. Jerkovich is at Boston College, lest we forget. We all remember him coming out of high school. If you covered recruiting, you know he was a top 100 recruit. He was a guy who was originally slated to go to Notre Dame, uh, then did go, spent two seasons there, transferred to Boston College, kind of people got lost in the shuffle, then played really well, but then had injuries. Has a COVID year remaining. They're still out there. Guys playing until they're 35 years old. Two mortgages, a belly, balding, three kids. Decided to transfer to Pitt. Going to play in his hometown while reuniting with the Panthers offensive coordinator, Frank Signetti, who's got to be a cop at a crime series somewhere. Signetti! That was his OC for two years at Boston College. Virginia, Tony Musket, who was at Monmouth. If you know that, good on you. You are watching Monmouth football, which means you're a gambler. Which means you're a gambler, and we're having a beer. So once Armstrong leaves Virginia to transfer, Tony Elliott says, well, what do I got to do here? And he goes with Tony Musk, who started 23 games at Monmouth, an FCS program. By the way, where's Monmouth? Do you know? Do you know? New Jersey. Thomas Castellanos, Boston College via UCF. Paul Tyson, Clemson via Arizona State. Brady Allen, Louisville via Purdue. Christian Valu, Pitt via Penn State. You remember him? Brayton Davis, Syracuse via South Carolina. Kyron Drones, Virginia Tech via Baylor. That's all. Those are the only transfers in the ACC. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. <laughs> ah, modern college football, kids. It is kind of I mean, think about that. Think about it. I'll do it really quickly again. This is real, not me kidding. These are the transfers in the ACC at quarterback. Haynes King, Jack Plummer, Brennan Armstrong, Phil Jerkovich, Tony Musket. Thomas Castellanos, Paul Tyson, Brady Allen, Christian Valu, Brandon Davis, Kyron Drones. <laughs> and if you want to take the other kids, like the Slovis kid who was at Pitt is now at BYU, you keep going. Silliness.
And then it makes you wonder, what will Florida State do next year after Jordan Travis takes it on down the road? You think we're good? You think we're good, everybody? Feel good about it? I'm not making it up, James P. Michael Langston, speaking of recruiting, going to join us in mere moments. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio on a Thursday soon. We'll be in a position to where um, when I come back from break on a Thursday, we will be proudly proclaiming Redemption Thursday. Think about it. Think how close that is, too. Even with preseason football, when we found the automatic ATM in the form of a coach who cares very, very deeply is he still undefeated, or did they lose one? I didn't go back and look to see if Harbaugh was still undefeated in the last five years in preseason or not. We should check that during my interview with Michael Langston. And before I get to my interview with Michael Langston, he's about to join me in just a second. We really appreciate him making time for the show today. I'll pick his brain, find out where we're at and what we can look forward to and look back on what we just did. I do want to wish a very special happy birthday and very belated happy birthday to one Brandy Brown who's sponsoring the segment today, if only because she's got an awesome husband. And she's awesome because she listens to the show and has religiously for a very long time. And we love to say happy birthday to those that are huge fans of the Jeff Cameron Show and support what we do here at 93.3 and War Chant TV as well. So thank you, Brandy Brown, and thank you so much. For listening to the show religiously and uh, happy birthday belatedly. All right. Now with that, let's do this. He's Michael Langston, senior recruiting analyst for Warchant.com. He's on my screen. If you're watching right now on uh, Warchant TV and if you're listening in the car, you'll hear him just fine. All right, Michael, exhale, buddy. You and I did a lot of videos together and for good reason, right? We were excited about what was going on with Florida State recruiting. Um, Let's exhale for a second and tell me where we're at here. Uh, things going according to plan, yes or no? I think they're pretty close to what their plan is. Uh, I think they I mean, I think you can pick a position like defensive tackle that they felt like they would have one more in there already. But I think overall, I think it's going close to what what they've had expected. Maybe even a little better with some of the guys like D. Holmes was a little quicker than probably they thought it would be, but. I think overall, uh, it's a good job of what you want 
going into that summer. And it's not a surprise that Charles Lester is kind of the final one to finish that summer off. Uh, so I think uh, that was certainly orchestrated. All right. So if you were to look at the on three rankings, correct me if I'm wrong here. I think they're 12th nationally, second in the ACC class score of 90.68. So they continue to improve their stock. We're leaning towards a definite yes here soon at the end of the month from Lester. Are we not? Yeah, we are. I, I feel good about that one. I've said all along, you know, everyone's mentioned Georgia, Alabama. I'm not worried about them compared to the only one that's concerned to me is Dion because Dion does a good job with these young cats at defensive back, but it doesn't affect my, my decision of what I think. I feel strongly that it's going to be FSU. I felt if it's going to be FSU for a while, I haven't heard anything that changes my mind. So I definitely think uh, they're going to get some good news on, uh, you know, late in July. Biggest surprise, biggest disappointment for the 2024 class to this point. Defensive tackle, biggest disappointment for me. Uh, just there's not many options. It's looking like they're going to have to go to the portal if they want guys because I'm not seeing options. That's the main thing with me is the, the options more so than the guys you've landed. Uh, just uh, there's a lot of talented guys out there. You know, we see all kinds of schools getting, uh, you know, top four-star you know, defensive tackles. So that's the biggest disappointment to me. Probably throw linebacker in there as well that they haven't gotten the guys and – there's a few more options, but still, those are areas that I feel like they could do better on and, and, and certainly improve on. Uh, I guess biggest surprise is the, the the amount of ground they made up on those two DMV kids uh, in Elijah Moore and D.D. Holmes to get those guys that quickly. I think it says a lot to the staff. And then, too, we talked about a lot of what they do. The thing that surprised me the most is just their eye of evaluations. Like they're always, almost always hitting on these guys. I mean, we've seen it with Luke. We've seen it with a, a lot of these different players and recruits they're landing that they have such a strong eye for talent. They do a good job with the evaluation. We see it both in the portal, and we hope certainly we're going to continue to see it with the high school kids. Uh, how big was it then, since the pickings are pretty slim? I know you're just alluding to it now. That D.D. Holmes one was big. Uh, they, they, I think Papuchas yep. needed to get a win. Listen, yeah. I, I, I've never questioned, and I've talked to you about this, and people think he's a good recruiter. But if you're, if you're on the outside looking in and you see him with two public misses, and then last year mm -hmm. the kid that goes to Auburn who you could have predicted was going to do that to him, you know, I mean, it's hard to get kids out of Alabama. He kind of needed that win. That was a big win for uh, Papuchas. I agree. I agree 100%. I think he needed something to get his summer going, you know, whether it's one, whether it's him or somebody else or LJ McCray or somebody. He needed somebody to really uh, just give them a nice boost, especially after last year. Because the thing is, they're only going to remember what you last did. Mm -hmm. They're not going to remember the previous year where you got some really good talent. You know, you, you loaded up and got some some talented dudes. But uh, I think it's uh, it's it's a what have you done for me lately thing. Uh, and people want to know right now. And I think this is a big deal for him uh, to get a guy like D.D. Holmes. I do feel like July 15th is another weekend that's going to be big for FSU. I expect they're going to likely get three or more additions. Wow. Makai, Dan Makai Danzi is going to announce on a, a mm -hmm. four star out of uh, local Florida high. And then. You also have Jonathan Daniels, five-star offensive lineman. He's going to announce. And then I think Kevin Levy, another defensive back, the cousin of Ricky Knight, who just committed to FSU. So I think 
those three, I think, uh, you likely are going to see, uh, in my opinion, at FSU. Michael, I, I look at a program like Georgia, and obviously they're on top of the college football world. They've won back-to-back national titles. They're trying to do something unprecedented in winning back-to-back-to-back national titles. But one of the things that I always notice is, sure, there's a lot of talent at receiver, running back, et cetera, skill positions. But namely, they win on the offensive line and on the defensive line, and they get a ton of talent there. Do you find in recruiting that once you get a foothold, and it's hard to do, but once you gain some momentum, like I'm looking at Florida State's defensive back recruiting, and it's exceptional, and they continue to have names out there that we know are probably going to sign, and that class will look really good. And it feels like they have momentum there. And there are other aspects of the program that has momentum. Wide receiver. I know Ira just wrote about it. You and I have talked about it. You just mentioned Elijah Moore. What a big get that was. For Florida State, I wonder, you know, they're 12 deep right now on the offensive line. A lot of that has been transfer portal along with some development. Right. How is Georgia – so Georgia's number one on that list right now with offensive line, right? How far away is Florida State from getting there? Because Alex Atkins is so dynamic. Yeah, I think with Alex, it's fine. I, I've talked this about this before with Odell. Like, I love Odell. When they get there, Odell develops the crap out of them. They're really good. Uh, that, that hasn't changed. Obviously, Portal seems to be more most successes as not high school. So that's the difference. If you if you had something that matched what Alex did um, from a high school, I think you could be there. I think they're not far away from what Alex recruits. Alex gets the top-tier guys. and So I think Alex is fine, but I think – you know, it's kind of a what is your value type of thing. You know, not every coach is on the on the staff is going to be excellent recruiters, as you point out, with with a few guys. But you need to have something where there's the value there. And I think from the portal, that's that's where Odell really d- nails it. He kills it. Uh, you know, when kids are coming in, because these kids are no nonsense. They don't want all the red carpet crap. They don't care. Show me what you are. Show me what I'm going to be. Show me what I'm going to be doing. And that that kind of in I think they resonate with that whereas high school kids you know and and college portal kids seem to resonate with what Alex does so it's not the downgrade one or the other it's like that's kind of where they're at as far as those two positions and yeah Georgia kicks butt I mean they get now I will say Georgia doesn't get a lot of you don't see a ton of transfers coming in there but man uh high school they kill it in high school yeah they load it. They load it up. So I'm asking questions that we have some here in the chat. Feel free, everybody. When we have Michael on, you can do that, and I'll ask these questions to Michael. Which kids have we missed on who we were leaning towards getting that we thought we were going to get as commits? Who have we missed on so far that you think they thought they were going to get? I think early on, uh, four-star James Madison, but that one also, as I mentioned, I did a – people can go on the PRB, a premium recruiting board. You can read, like I did like a breakdown yesterday of why – some of these uh, cause and effects of why they happen. Um, but I think James is definitely one of them. They liked a lot. Uh, and then, and then bam, we heard a lot of Elijah Moore and you were kind of like, okay, are they still going to push? You know, so I think it's a loss. Uh, so, so that certainly hurts. Um, trying to think of, of other guys. I would say, I would say Colin Fox, I mean, four-star tight end. I think they felt like going before he took that visit to UCF that, Hey, we're in position. We're going to get this guy. And then, um, you know, then he visited UCF. UCF makes him the number one guy. Where we know FSU's number one guy is going to be Landon Thomas. Yeah, yeah. So they use that use that against him. And so both of these, uh, even the losses, I'd say Jason Zanamella was probably the one that hurt the most because that was one where that's a major need. You need centers 
Alex needs centers. He really wants centers in this class. So to admit, that's really, to me, the only, like, true miss. The other misses are more cause and effect uh, because you got somebody else or because of what you already have. Now, there's still misses, but uh, those would be the three for me, uh, Jeff, Sandamella, Fox, and, and Madison. Yeah, and it's hard to get mad about Fox. I mean, if Landon Thomas is here to go along with what you already have, I can't imagine that there's yeah. a ton of playing time just waiting for a kid to come in here. He's got to know that, right? I mean, the chances right. he goes and plays at UCF pretty quickly if that's where he, you know, ends up. Uh, yeah, obviously, but that's not going to happen here right now with what you have. I mean, look what they did with moving Brian Courtney from tight end to linebacker. Well, look, I love Brian Courtney, and I've talked about this uh, very publicly, but I never really thought he was going to get on the field anytime soon. He was better suited to be a linebacker. They've gone from having no tight ends that are plus-plus players to having three, maybe four, in the next year. Uh, at that position. It's crazy how quickly that's been overhauled and how you went from no receivers to having a bevy of receivers. Think about that. Yeah, yeah that's crazy, the re- especially the receiver position because that was one that – there was one year they didn't, they didn't even sign one. Right. You know, just uh, didn't even get one. So now it's like all the receivers want to come here. Dugans is all of a sudden good again. Like, Dugans <laughs> didn't forget about coaching, guys. He knew how to coach. Well, I always knew he could uh, coach. So, he just wasn't getting yeses. <laughs> Right, right. So, and the, and there's and there's there's waves of this stuff, mm-hmm. um, but um, it is amazing the turnaround what they did at tight end and receiver. And there's still some weak points, but I, as I said before, your guy, your coach, there's ter- certain coaches on the staff that have to have a certain value to them, what they are. You know, with with certain coaches, like it's development. You know what they do when they're there. Some coaches are about just getting the guys there. You know, so it's like if you feel good about their value, and this is why I would tell something to FSU fans. This is why you shouldn't worry. FSU kills it in the portal. Like when there's a weakness in their roster, like say they're missing on the defensive tackle or say they're missing on the linebacker, they're going to go to the portal and get that guy. And it's going to be top tier guys. So that's why I'm not really overly concerned about even the weak points in their high school recruiting at this stage. So a lot of times when you have a huge name like Landon Thomas or right now a, a name who continues to rise up the boards and people get excited about and he's at the most high-profile position there is in Luke Cromenhawk. So are, are those kids, just you know them, you've talked to them a lot, are those kids good recruiters as well? I think Luke is a very good recruiter, like really elite. I think Landon's kind of, when they're on campus, he's good. But I think Luke is is definitely the bell cow. I would say watch out for Ricky Knight. He is a really he might be only a three star recruit. Yeah, just got him. But he's a he's got a, a high level four star uh, recruiting skills. There's certain guys that know how to connect with players, and I think Luke is the best at that. Luke's phenomenal. Cam Davis is also another one. He tries. He's very active. Um, but I think I think Dee, Dee Holmes another one that will be really well received as far as the way he recruits people. But Luke to me is it's the clear bell cow. Like Luke has a way of. I remember of Jeff when when they had their big visit weekend and there was like sixteen kid, fifteen kids here and I got texts from certain people that are around the parents of other recruits that had never met Luke before in their lives and they're like, this kid's amazing. Like this kid, he has a way to connect with you, no matter who you are, no matter what your background is. 
he has a way to connect with the, I don't know what he's doing, uh, <laughs> but his personality yeah. wise, but he's, he's nailing it. And he just has a way of, of connecting with you, but not also pressuring you that, Hey, you need to be at Florida state. It's kind of like, just, I'm getting to know you personally. And, and the relationship is uh, just, uh, it connects so strongly with a lot of these kids. I couldn't believe, you know, some of these guys have met Luke for the first time and they're like, this guy is the big thing I could say about Luke is very likable. He's a very likable person to be around. All right. I'm going to throw a curveball at you and ask you something you didn't uh-huh. think I'd ask you. Nothing terrible. Uh-huh. It's a guy, you know, but we're tired of having to have conversations about what we're not at kicker. So Jake Weinberg, can you yep. give me, give, what, what, give me Jake Weinberg. What is he? Is he a thunderous foot? Really accurate from 45 and in? What is he? Number one kicker in the country. How's that make you feel? I like that. I like that. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, number one. He he's a kicker. He's a kicker all the way. He definitely has a strong leg. Uh, he could definitely hit it from 50, 52. Um, very consistent within the 40s, 45 range. Uh, I mean, at this point, Michael, at- right? That's what we say. Like right now, if you told Florida State fans, look, our kickers this year, we got we got a couple of them, right? Yeah. Between yeah. the two of them are going to produce consistency from 47 in. You, you take that all day long. I mean, yeah, yep. you'd love to have a superstar who can make a 56-yarder when you have to have it, but you would take that all day long because that's how frustrating uh, and, and how inconsistent they've been. That's why I asked you about our kicker, our kicker in this class because I thought, well, I mean, is this guy a star? Is he just a guy they had to settle on? Is he? Because I'm not watching recruiting. I'm not paying attention to recruiting kickers. <laughs> so I, I knew you, do, you did, though, and so I wanted to know what he was. Yes. Yeah, and he's and he's good. And you know what? He's a different he's a different type of guy that I've been around with kickers. Like I've been around Jake a lot. I've obviously communicate with him, you know, pretty frequently when he's on campus. And this kid has a little edge to him and a moxie about him. You know that that's different from a lot of other <laughs> kickers. kickers. Usually kickers usually kickers are just reserved to themselves. This kid's got some confidence. He plays with confidence and. And he feels, uh, you know, feels confident. You put me in that situation, I'm going to nail it. Um, so, I think on paper everything looks good, but I get why people would want to know about that. <laughs> well, I wanted to get caught up. Thank you. And remind everybody again, I know obviously anybody can go over to warchant.com. First of all, guys, like, subscribe, all the good stuff there, and find out what Michael is writing about, what he has to say about these players that have committed and those that still might. Um, so you think in the next, uh, what is it, July 6th today? Is that where we're at? Uh, yeah. You think in the next three weeks we're looking at how many more yeses? Take us through the end of July. I would say – around five more five more you know, yeah four or five more i'm not gonna I'll you don't, four you, or five yeah more. that's okay that's I'll fine give, i'll give me a little i'll give me a little hole yeah you're a little you know, fence four, i'd say four I'd, I'd say four or five i'm pretty confident on that all right riding the fence appreciate you <laughs> <laughs> be easy michael i'll talk to you later brother all right bud. appreciate care. it that is uh senior recruiting analyst michael langston four to five four to five guys they feel very good about Lester. Somebody asked about it earlier. They do five-star corner. Uh, that that does a lot for your ranking if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, but but also, again, they've got, we think, a big-time offensive line recruiting Daniels coming. So you start getting me a, another offensive lineman if along the way. And remember this, and, th- and this is a big part of it as well, you're getting verbal commitments right now. It is July. There's a lot of time between now 
and signing day. And that could be good and bad, right? You have a bad season, many of these verbal commitments begin to you know, wane, begin to look elsewhere. You have a good season, and Florida State, we think, at the very least, is going to have a good season. We're talking about the difference between good and great. We're not talking about bad to good. Bad to good was last year. Good to great is what we're hoping for this year. The bar, the low, the, the floor is good. That, too, affects recruiting, and I got to imagine if this offense ends up being prolific and it has a chance to be, then you're going to get more yeses in that group. If this defense is improved, takes a step forward, I think they will with this defensive line big time, then you'll get yeses there, too. You'll find answers to questions you have. Now, what I'll be closely looking at, and I continue to bring this up, and until I see a change, I'm going to have to. I look at linebacker. I just want to see us take that next step there in linebacker recruiting. Um, now, again, you got a kid that I'm excited about from a year ago, from last year's recruiting class to come in this year that I think has a chance to be very good. We'll see how quickly he can. But they've got to get better and more consistent in that realm. I know the game has changed some, but we'll see. I like where we're at on the offensive line like to see something there. It's interesting that they're not getting as much movement on the defensive line, but they are loaded going into the season on the defensive line. So uh, we'll see if that group dominates, if, if Odell can't uh, become to get, you know, become more influential in the recruiting game here as, as Florida State continues to improve on the defensive front. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Tell them that the house is not for sale We're still living here How come nobody can tell It's Jeff Cameron's show on a Thursday. Appreciate you joining us. Good times talking to Michael Langston, Senior Recruiting Analyst, Florida State. Uh, certainly well on the radar on a daily basis for him over at Warchant.com. Hey, I work there. Uh, by the way, there's no doubt that buying a home can feel overwhelming, especially if it's your first home. Worried about location, school zones, square footage, inspections, insurance, loan approvals, interest rates, and the price, of course. Buying a home can be the most significant investment that you ever make. But here's some good news. You have friends at uh, Legendary Home Loans. They're on your side, in your corner, however you want to say it. They go to bat for you. Shannon Young from Legendary Home Loans can help First-time home buyers get up to $25,000. That's right. For your down payment. That'll work. Hey, here's twenty five grand. Helps out. First responders, veterans, teachers, military, and healthcare workers. That's not all. Shannon is an expert navigating the home loan terrain, and you can trust that he's going to get the best and most competitive interest rates. Guide you through the process every step of the way. Shannon will also get your closing costs reduced. It's the Hometown Heroes Program at Legendary Home Loans. Diehard Knowles, those boys are forever procuring home loans for you in the Florida State realm. That's right. Talk about the upcoming season with those guys. They'll do it. Give them a call today, 844-FSU-LOAN. That's 844-FSU-LOAN. Go to FSUHomeLoans.com. Ask for Shannon Young. Looking back at uh, where we're at in recruiting, you get those five guys. He said four or five. Get those four or five guys, and you're talking about a top ten class. And, you know, I think people will take that, feel pretty good about it. 
You know, I referenced Florida State flipping the tight end room, but I also referenced in that same sentence the wide receiver room. Irish Chappelle's got a story on WarChant.com on how that was done. Go read that now. Ron Dugan's somebody we're celebrating and uh, we were all rooting for but getting concerned about and on the cusp of saying, you know what, maybe it's time to move on. Not working out. Turned out it got turned around. It is working out. He's kicking ass. And the yeses have uh, been, well, bountiful. To the point, you want to look at on threes rankings. Actually, I should say that is PFF's rankings. And again, PFF, I like some aspects of PFF. There are other aspects of it, I think, um, that don't get the entirety. They don't measure all of what somebody is or is not. The numbers don't always bear out what a team is or is not within a segment group. But it is another measuring stick. It is a a means by which to utilize ways of uh, gauging a a, a core, a group. And um, as it stands currently, Florida State comes in at number five. Ohio State, Texas, and... You know, you have, I mean, think about Xavier Worthy and Georgia, uh, Jordan Whittington, guys like that at Texas. Um, you know, that's a, that's a good group. Washington, Michael Penix Jr. lit it up last season, and they have a bunch of studs there. Georgia, obviously, when you throw in the mix uh, of players that they have. But Florida State, if I had told you a couple of years ago that Florida State, and if you'd like, you can include – Go ahead and include tight end in this mix because certainly that's what you're doing when you look at Georgia. Everybody starts with Brock Bowers, as you should, freak of nature. Anytime there's a tight end being mentioned as a possible number one draft pick, (laughs) that doesn't happen, folks. It doesn't happen. You know Ohio State year in and year out, um, and Marvin Harrison Jr. is a freak, and you go on and on and on. But this is the company Florida State is keeping currently. You bring in Keon Coleman from Michigan State, a massive get. You already have Jaheim Bell, who you brought in from South Carolina at tight end. You have Johnny Wilson, who obviously emerged last year as a massive target, six foot seven. Jordan Travis is going to have fun this year, guys. He's got a running game. He's got a deep offensive line. He himself is mobile. If you think about Morlock and you think about Wilson and you think about Coleman and you think about Bell and you think about Biscuit and you think about, I mean, good Lord, Portier, you've got 6'4 and 6'4 and 6'7 and 6'7 and 6'5. You go on for days. Massive advantages in the red zone. It is a pick-your-poison offense. You're loaded at running back. Benson's going to have a massive years, a year, and they aren't bums behind him. And I keep saying this, like, if you're a defense, if you're a defensive coordinator, imagine having to deal with sort of a pick-your-poison sort of thing, right? You got okay, who are we who are we shutting down when we play Florida State this weekend? Who is it we have to worry most about? And what are the areas of extreme risk for us? You know, if you if if you go if you spread everybody out and, and, and somebody has to go man, Jordan Travis could could run for days. Could run for days. So I, I just 
we we talk about projecting what a offense will score per game, what they'll be, um, you know, in terms of their rankings throughout the country by season's end. And you can get lost in all this. I think some of that gets skewed. You know, if you want to go uh, yards per play metric or you want to look at points per possession or something like that, might be a better way to do it as opposed to points per game and, and, and some of the other metrics because I think Florida State's going to have some big leads in a lot of games this year and shut it down. I, I think it will it will be a misnomer. Like Florida State's offense will be better than maybe some of the numbers say they are. I'm not saying they're going to have bad numbers. They're going to have great numbers. But when you look at the schedule, it's a week schedule. You've got two great games out of your first four in LSU and Clemson. We all know that. We've all circled that. We've all been willing to admit there's a game out there against somebody, whether that's Pitt or whomever, where the team's going to be a little bit better than projected. All right, gotcha. But for the most part, that schedule screams a handful, at the very least, a handful of ass kickings. And because, you know, that's the other part of this, because you have finally developed a lot of depth and you have finally got some young kids coming up that you're excited about. Not just junior and senior transfer portal kids, kids that you recruited, kids that you've been developing, kids that you want to see now have an opportunity. You know, these great programs, the programs that have sustained success for a decade or more, they recruit well, yes, but they also, their coaching staff, do a good job of getting guys into games. They play a lot of guys. They get a lot of guys, a lot of experience. And when do they do that? Well, when they're really good, they got a lot of opportunity to do it because they're in a lot of games when they're up by three scores in the fourth quarter. And Florida State is going to be afforded a huge opportunity this year because I think they'll be up five, six different games at least by more than two or three scores going into the fourth quarter. And they'll have a chance to play a ton of these guys that they're excited about. Guys that are getting reps but aren't counted upon right now to be starters. Guys that are you know playing but not playing a significant role, a huge role. They're playing a backups role. These will be guys that you get a lot of playing time for. And we will expedite, they'll have an opportunity to expedite the growth process, the maturation process of a sophomore who next year in 2024, when you lose a lot of guys, will be counted upon to start. And a guy that without this playing time, you'd be worried about, would be green, would be somebody that you're not sure will have their sea legs in the first six games, right? Florida State has an opportunity to really kind of change and transform uh, how quickly they can remain or stay relevant within the conference, within the national scene, by the amount of guys they play this year and how many of those guys get a bunch of reps, more than we would have anticipated a couple of years ago because Florida State's blowing people out. Hour number two, forthcoming, stay with Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.